Join me, Ed Bloxham, in a journey through the music of Sergei Lyapunov, presented prosaic and obsessive, Opus 1 to Opus 71. Now we're on Opus 3, the Reverie de Soir, Party of the Night, you might translate that as. A short piece, surely Lyapunov lets his proverbial hair down, but of course not, it's Lyapunov, he wouldn't do that. It is a possibility that this was published um, in a volume of other with other composers, which is why it's so short. That was the kind of thing that would, would often happen with the music of the periods. I'm not terribly interested in biography, so I'll just leave that as a maybe. Look it up if you want. What we have here certainly is a very distinctive and unique piece of music. Again, um, Lyapunov is not going easy on himself. One important feature is um, a certain impressionistic impulse. So already where Lyapunov is introducing another element into his music. What is impressionism in music? Well, impressionism in music is where, is where um, accompaniment and tune mix together and where the sound that results is, more, is as much the point of the music as expressing the tune. Um, in most music, you have a, a nice clear tune. If the point is the whole lot, the sound, over the um, sim simplicity of the tune, that's a, an impressionistic impulse. We get that right from the opening of the Reverie de Soir, um, because Lyapunov presents um, this opening motion, which, um, despite being sort of introductory, moving around, still... With its the certain way it steps, um, you can hear elements of a pseudo melody happening. We then get a little link passage. Um, won't come as a surprise that this material will appear later in other in alternative guise. Then we get our main theme. It's not quite like the Opus One, where the where the accompaniment is telling the theme what to do, um, but the motion of the accompaniment is certainly an extremely important feature of this theme. Um, we then get a, a counter theme um, and then uh, a hint back at the another version of the main theme. I was thinking about this piece, about the form of the piece. Was it, is it, was it a kind of, of rondo variations where you, where you have an episode and then you go back to the beginning material again and an episode and material beginning material again however this is late romances and this is lyapunov this is not tchaikovsky and taniev who were still following the rules and balakirov um, who was still following the rules the impulse is not to uh, go back um, and repeat but to move on to change constantly change so when the main theme comes back it's always evolving just like in real life even if you go back and do the same thing you're going to be informed by what happened before. There's a kind of musical complexity uh, in that, again, which is more uh, this part of the um, 19th century rather than um, even where, though the Schumanns uh, et al. were starting to do this, starting to come back with more informed musical material. Really, when form starts to collapse, that's when you can just uh, mush it all together. Another feature of um, romant of late romantic music was this pace through which you go through harmonic change. Um, in older music, 
Um, you might have, you know, chord. Your chord is going to last basically for the bar. You might have a, a simple chord passage, a, a um, recognizable chord passage that lasts for four bars. In late romantic music, the chords are changing much quickly. So we're now in the opus three. Um, we're motioning through harmony, um, and it's quick. You're going through chords quickly. To go too much into what exactly those chords are, but just the motion is quick. Is the is the takeaway. Um, when the um, opening material um, returns, the two themes are now glued together. So again, it's not going back to the old tune because the tunes are now glued together through our complex harmony. We're now mixing and matching. So then um, the intro material now joins joins the um, sound. I'm trying to find appropriate words to express because it's not regular form. There's now it's now a sound. Um, there's themes and intro material. The next section is the clearest restatement of the opening theme. However, again, it's informed because the the theme is happening in the left hand, right over the top. There's a, a fast motion twiddly, uh, twiddly is a harsh word, a fast motion um, accompaniment over the top. The harmony's changed. The context has changed. This is the clearest sense of a return, but it's not the, the it's not as clear a return as say a sonata uh, form. Uh, this for the example of this is that this this moment doesn't last for very long, and already we're into another counter theme. This next section is um, illustrates something I wasn't expecting to bump into quite this early. One of the reasons I wanted to listen to all of Lyapunov was because I had a grand theory that I wanted to test. My grand theory uh, relate was related to the composer Sergei Rachmaninoff. Rachmaninoff is very much late romantic and. He's, uh, he ends up, by the end of Rachmaninoff's music, you can hear he's, he's fundamentally a conservative. However, there is an element which I couldn't really identify. I said, is he the greatest, most original music uh, composer ever? Or is there something I'm missing? Of course, if not, he's fundamentally conservative. There's, and verily, I, I heard it, I started to hear it in Lyapunov. I started to hear this sort of proto-Rachmaninoff uh, in Lyapunov, which is perhaps then a link to late Russian music of the century. Um, the next part of the Opus 3 is the most Rachmaninoff sounding of the of the work, where the, the way that the accompaniment helps the um, tune is the way that Rachmaninoff would do it. This is, of course, before, before he was born. Well, certainly before he started writing music, but this, this happened first. There's a possibility that this uh, kind of music originated more with César Cui, who was one of the original Mighty Handful, if Lyapunov is in Balakirov's second circle. Um, I don't know Cezakui that well. I'm interested in looking because um, it, it does seem a, more original than, say, Tanya and Tchaikovsky. There's probably somewhere somewhere where this music come from. So Rachmaninoff comes from Lyapunov. Where does Lyapunov come from? So we have the most Rachmaninoff-like section of the piece. And as an illustration of the fact that the, the uh, music has evolved, we do get a return to the intro but it's so heavily altered now it by what's happened before and we're mixing in thematic material the resolution of the opus 3 is an is an evolution uh, of what's happened so it's a journey it's a story it's an a b c d e f g story uh, as opposed to a a b a whatever returning story it's a progression it's an evolution which is complex 
It has impressionistic elements, new elements, new late romantic elements, all of which adds up to somewhat more than you'd think in five minutes of music. It's so much so that I've talked, I've talked now for somewhat longer than the length of the piece. Which tells you how much is going on, which tells you how complex this music is. But I will shut up because you're probably tired of my voice. I certainly am. I've been Evan Bloxham. My voice will continue to be Evan Bloxham. You don't have to live with it. Luck. Please like, leave comments, subscribe, or don't.